0: AIM is a podcast that connects women who are eager to grow in their relationship with God. Living out the living word of God each day. Welcome back, everyone. It is hey. um, Natalie here. Maria. Sammy.
1: <laughs> Marina.
2: Karen Jr.
3: And we're
0: joined Maria. by a very special guest. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce Hi. yourself.
2: Hi. I'm Maria Gobriel.
0: Maria <laughs> Governoria. Hey guys. We're so honored to be joined by you for this new series. So we're this series on the incarnation because it is the season. Um and so um we thought we'd do something different from the last incarnation series that we did, which is we're going to take a lot of the themes that we see uh commercialized about Christmas, and we're kind of going to turn it on its head for you guys. And offer up a different perspective, hopefully, God willing, um, on these themes that we see uh, throughout the season. So today we're going to be covering quite a heavy topic on loneliness, because I think a lot of what we see online, uh, on our socials, in commercials these days, what's being advertised as parties and being around a lot of people, um, it's it's a busy season. Like a lot is going on. You're you're never really alone but then there's the flip side of it where there are people who this could actually be a really lonely time for them and so um they might not be surrounded by all the love that we're so lucky and graced with to be surrounded by um and that could be for various reasons so that's what we're going to be discussing today we'll start off by some context we will turn to um isaiah 9 um and then we'll get going okay In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Nevertheless, the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed. As when at first he lightly esteemed the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward more heavily oppressed her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divided the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
4: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and God. So maybe we can start by defining loneliness. Um, I like Maria's definition.
2: <laughs> My very humble definition. Um, we were talking about how loneliness is not necessarily feeling um alone or not surrounded by people but you could be surrounded by others yet still feel alone because you do not feel understood or you don't feel like you're relating to others around you and then you you kind of stay in this sense of I'm alone I'm not feeling like I'm connecting to others or having really meaningful relationships that are fulfilling to me and where I fulfill others as well yeah
4: that's so true and it can take on so many different forms and I know we were all brainstorming about this right before but like you know the stereotypical thing in this season is if you're if you're single you're lonely but as you were saying Marina like You know, a parent who um, (laughs) their children are growing up and, you know, now they feel lonely. They're no longer connected to their family. They they have less family time or seniors who, you know, lost a loved one or just are are alone. Their family's far away. Um, Or even Maria, Maria, you can like elaborate on this, but people who might maybe in relationships, but according to your definition, if they're not understood, if they don't feel like they are communicating within the relationship, they could still feel lonely. I think I read some sort of stat that said
0: actually it's 50-50 the people who are single and the people who are married but they both feel alone. So it's wow. the same Very it's the same ratio.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which tells us something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I was <laughs> it's and it does it does tell us something and I was just listening to a, a sermon by abuna peter farrington on overcoming loneliness (laughs) for preparation of this talk and he explains that loneliness is a sense that we don't have any real personhood because we don't have any affirming relationships with other people so kind of like what maria was saying like we're not developing meaningful relationships with others even though we're in a crowd even though we have people around us we can still be feeling that um and it kind of goes against the desire of humans and like and what we're naturally designed to need and want which is communion with god and communion with others so we'll definitely be talking about like you know the dichotomy of that and seeing the difference between you know why we feel so separated why we feel so alone uh in this world now as individuals um and versus our need as humans to want to connect with others and have meaningful relationships
2: mm-hmm. It's so funny, because we also say it colloquially, we can, people would say, like, I instantly clicked with this other person, or I have chemistry with this, uh, with, with this one person, it's because we're feeling connected, we're feeling understood, we're relating to this, this person in front of us. Meanwhile, you could be in a relationship or in a, in a home filled with people, but not really feeling like you understand any of them. You don't really talk. Um, uh, you, you don't have a friend or a companion in the in these people around you. Mm -hmm. Marina, I was
0: just telling you the quote by Emma Sinclitica that says Mm -hmm. it is possible to be a solitary in one's mind while living in a crowd. And it is possible for one who is a solitary to live in the crowd of his own thoughts. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily dependent on how many people or who you're surrounded by. Sometimes I feel like we really get caught up, especially in this season when you're going through your socials and you're seeing all the stories and all the events that people are attending, how many parties there are going on. And you're like, man, all of these people are truly surrounded by so many friends and they're so loved and they're so busy um, and they're so wanted even. Mm. We can go that far. Um, But I think loneliness goes deeper than that, deeper than just how many people you're surrounded by.
1: Yeah. And the problem is we all think that we're the only ones that are experiencing it. We don't think that it's like a widespread problem. Um, and we kind of believe the fallacy that, you know, everyone else, because they have people around them, they're happy, they're, they're satisfied and they don't feel lonely. Um, and that might be true for some, but for many, as we've just talked about, it, it, it probably is not true. And we should probably like one thing i was i was hearing in a sermon is you kind of have to get out of yourself and and go and ask about people go and serve others in order to kind of uh, feel out of these, like get out of these uh, ways of thinking, um, r- rather than waiting for someone to check up on us and and um, serve
4: us. I think also, like you were saying, Karen, um, the church with its seasons, I loved your point. So please elaborate on them. But I think we go through seasons in life where we can be the lonely person, or we can be in a season where, Thankfully, we're surrounded by people and we're actually understood and connecting. But now we know people who are lonely. And so try to identify where you are in the season of Christmas time and try to, you know, either as you were saying, Marina, like reach out to people if you're lonely. But if you know someone who's lonely, that's all the more reason and responsibility to reach out.
3: I was just saying before that the church in her wisdom and, and grace and kindness gives us seasons to experience and to go through. It's not just like happy all the time and but but for example if you think of like the spring and and notice how the the seasons of the church also aligns with the seasons of the earth um so in springtime things are coming back to life and the trees are are budding finally and uh, Mm -hmm. the animals are coming out of their hiding and I was telling them like I don't know where insects go in the winter but they come out and we're just really um empathizing with our brothers and sisters in Australia who face
1: (laughs) real insects but anyway (laughs) um, all year round I'm sure
3: so the church gives us these seasons in the spring it's also it coincides with resurrection and um coming back to life and we have that joyous time but if you think about it before then we were in the winter and and we also go through holy week and there is also this time for us to to not sit and dwell in in the sadness and and i guess we're not supposed to be sad necessarily in in holy week but but the church gives us a chance to actually experience whatever it is that we might be going through. And I think that's really encouraging because it removes some of the pressure where it's like, oh, you have to be happy all the time. Um, And so if right now I was, I was sharing that in the winter, I get so down and like, there's no colors in Canada. There's no, the sky is just white slash gray. And it also coincides with like, other things that may be happening in life and I love how the church removes this pressure where we might feel like we have to get past it right now no but maybe in the winter and around when we're leading up to nativity maybe it's time for you to um to sit down and be like okay like why am i feeling this way um why am i feeling lonely where is it coming from and also keep in mind that the spring is coming spring is coming after winter and, and our Lord is, is going to resurrect and there is hope always. Um, and that we should go through each step of the cycle as it comes and as it presents itself. Mm-hmm.
0: That's basically the book of Isaiah is re- structured really funny because it'll be like three chapters of just doom and gloom, mm-hmm. like three chapters. <laughs> and by the end of it, you're like, I'm depressed. <laughs> but then the next chapter will start with Nevertheless. And it's always like I learned, there was this Bible study I was listening to for the book of Isaiah, and I learned that it will always end on a hopeful note. Mm. Like Mm. it can go three chapters of doom and gloom, but then there will be that one chapter that's just so full of light and hope that it's always reminding you to look forward. So again, Mm. don't just stop at the self. You might be feeling lonely now, but there are different seasons in life. So use this season for something as opposed to like sitting there and and feeling sad about being sad.
1: Yes. And I think that the church encourages us to offer up our sufferings, embrace our sufferings and offer it back to God. You know, we have the opportunity to be vulnerable with him alone and in solitude with him and just open up and tell him about everything that's going on all and face all the pain that we're going through. And he is the one who is the, he's the only one who can give us that uh, healing that we're needing. Um, And, you know, a beautiful thing I I heard uh, is that like, and this is true. Christ enters into death, the lowest place because he is life itself and he's able to destroy it. So he, he meets with us. He meets uh, us when we're in our state of quote unquote death, you know, the sin that causes that death in us. Um, and he has the power to free us from it. Um, and 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 actually, it's himself. He himself is the one who came to unite back to himself. Like he pursued us. He came from heaven down to earth to bring us back to himself. So it's like he's the one chasing after us to and wanting to give us this life, wanting to give us this healing. And we, all we have to do is just open up our hearts to him and and kind of we have to present our suffering up to him
4: i was gonna say like this coming down through the incarnation also made him experience loneliness himself so in in john 16 he tells mm-hmm. the disciples like indeed the hour is coming and yes has come now where you will all be scattered he knows they're going to leave each to his own and will leave me alone and yet i'm not alone because because the father is with me. So what a a perfect example of Christ himself experiencing it and and reminding us that we are never alone. We're never truly alone. We have the father always with us. That doesn't deny the the reality of the, the feeling of loneliness, but the fact that he's there and he's come in our darkness, he was born in a lonely manger so that he can elevate us to him, uh, it's just crazy.
1: Okay, I love that verse. Uh, thank you, Maria, for bringing it up. Because he's, he's teaching us, like, hey, we're not alone. We have the Father with us. Um, you know, and I think St. Cyril of Alexandria has a commentary on this verse. He's saying, we're not alone. And and even though we don't see a friend beside us, as I have just said, we have God who is all-powerful with us at our side to aid us to fight in the conflict, shielding us with an all-sufficient Sucker, and this word sucker, it's spelled S-C-S-U, sorry, C-C-O-U-R, and I searched it up. It means assistance and support in times of hardship, so it's, it's just, it's really, it's beautiful. Like, he's there equipped to help us at all times, anytime, in every place.
3: This reminds me of something that St. Cyril of Jerusalem, so another St. Cyril, <laughs> says. Um, he says, your wounds do not surpass the physician's skill. Have faith. Tell the physician what ails you. And I was actually speaking with, um, I'm going to do a little shout out here, George McCary, who's an amazing iconographer. Um, I was speaking with him just last night. And and I kind of like, we came to this conclusion that I I was so busy looking for um, like a, a Bible story or something, trying to relate to a character who goes through the same experience, which is basically all of the prophets. And mm. Um, trying to get to the end, like, okay, where's the good part? Where's the salvation part? And then George was telling me, but no, like that is the point. The point is that you have to go through that. Like, God wants you to experience that weight in the suffering. Sorry, He doesn't want you to experience the suffering, but (laughs) through it, he is going to show you look, I am with you in the darkest places, in the depths of hell. I am there with you. And the whole point is, is not to jump to the end because God wants to carry you through it. He wants to show you like, look, I can carry you. I'm going to carry you. And I'm always here. Um, and so I guess maybe my, my mistake was that I, I thought that maybe my wounds did surpass the physician's skill or that I didn't even present them to the physician in the first place. Like but now is the time, like we say away in a manger, like, yeah, go to the manger, <laughs> present your mm. wounds to, to Christ who's born in, in the manger and, and go to the manger, like the Magi and like the shepherds, um, whatever path you take, if you follow the stars, or if you just go walk around randomly, you have no idea where you're going, like the shepherds and you happen to stumble upon the manger, but try to direct yourself to Christ and in the Christmas season season um like many of our earthly fellows like to say or sorry not they don't say the c word but we'll get to that later but (laughs) um yeah it it is important to to present our suffering and everything to christ and to believe that his skill surpasses everything
0: and it says in the second verse the people who walked in darkness they have seen a great light Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So you really do have to go through it in order to understand or decipher the light from the darkness. Mm -hmm. If all we ever experienced was light, we wouldn't appreciate it and we wouldn't know it to be light. It's all we've ever known. Um, And vice versa. I heard a story. uh, Pope Shenouda actually, he lost his mom just a few days after he was born. And then... And then he lost his father, I think, maybe a year or two after that. So very early on in his life. So he ended up being raised by his two brothers. Um, And he actually said he he considered himself to be like an orphan. Um, But I think it, it was in one of his sermons where he said, God became my father and my mother. And so he never felt alone. And so I think Marina or Karen touched on this briefly. But I really want to talk about this a little bit more because... There is a difference between being lonely and being in solitude. Um, St. John Chrysostom says, he, he he says that loneliness is like a sign or a signal to draw nearer to him. And so whenever you feel lonely, just make that like an alarm or like a red light flashing that like this is just signifying something more. Um, again, something other, otherly, not yourself. Um And and like I I heard that I heard in a sermon that um, no Christian is ever alone, but every Christian can be in solitude because solitude means you're with God. Um, And so I think if you're if you're in this, if you're chilling in this season of loneliness, um, make it your season with God, turn it into someone once told me, turn it into your honeymoon with God. (laughs) Um, yeah I I actually okay story time school away from home far away from home Um, and I wasn't too happy about it in the beginning and then a friend of mine you know she I think she sensed that there wasn't that much excitement there and then um, I just said you know like I'm surrounded by so many people that I love here and there's so much to do and I'm always busy and I feel like I'm going to really lack that there and she just said you know take it to To just be your honeymoon with God. And so it's true. Every time I felt a little bit lonely or a little bit alone, there were days where like Friday nights, Friday nights here, like when I'm home, it's always popping. There's always something (laughs) happening. I'm always busy. I'm always surrounded by a million one people and I'm a very extroverted social person. And so when I'm in my apartment alone, on a Friday night with like no prospect of anything going on and no one to speak to and <laughs> everyone at home is busy um, so there's no one to call you're suddenly faced with your loneliness or with yourself and then it I don't do this as much as I should but it becomes that signal or that alarm that goes off that's like now can be your honeymoon with God
3: like catch the plane <laughs>
1: it's an amazing opportunity like because we all need to we all need that retreat we can't just ignore uh that solitude with God it's actually I think essential to our spiritual health so like it's it's good that we kind of switch the mindset of like okay this is my honeymoon with God this is my opportunity to just be with him alone away from the world and uh I get to speak to him freely about everything that's on my mind
4: Okay, there's just this um, quote by Father Matthew the Pork that literally sums that like honeymoon thing up very much it's in a book called the birth of Christ and the birth of man and he explains how the birth of Christ uh, on earth allows for man like mankind to be born in heaven, like the same Everything happened on that day. Uh, So he says, by by this divine virgin birth, an age of friendship and amazing fellowship between God and man on a personal level began as in the highest relationship between lovers. He's like, this is the most romantic thing where you want to be secluded with your lover. Um, God expressed it when he called to Christ as if he was calling to the whole creation of humanity and to every man, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So if you're ever feeling lonely, and as as you said that at the beginning, that you may not be wanted or you're not loved, God the Father, who is always with you when you're feeling lonely, is looking at you in Christ and saying, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, or you're my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased.
3: This is more for me because I tend to fall into... Um, like Marina when you were talking about the retreat and stuff and mm-hmm. I'm like yes this is my time to escape the world and like <laughs> I don't have to talk to anyone and I use it as an excuse to like not face my problems and may- there are times to face them and times to not face them but I tend to be more on the side of like I'm going to retreat for my like 500th honeymoon this month with Christ and, and like just not deal with, with these things. And I think it's, it's important to also keep in mind, like, remember the next season that's coming. Um, and remember like spring is coming and there, there is time to, um, to sit in it and to resolve it and then time to also turn outwardly, like you guys were mentioning before. And also, um, then deal with our brothers and sisters who 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 are with us and part of the church
2: so interesting I was thinking about the um what could be the benefit to being lonely or in solitude because you know everything has a good and bad everything has um and cons so I I was thinking about that and it it, a huge part of it is to be with God and to have that honeymoon with him and uh, another great perk of being alone uh, or being in solitude rather is facing yourself and getting to know Mm -hmm. yourself in order to get to know God if you're constantly running away from kind of seeing who you are and spending time with yourself and learning and learning kind of what gifts and what areas of growth you need to work on with God you won't truly and fully get to know who he is and who he's imprinted in you from him um his image and getting to know that image and getting to know yourself in order to know him um, more fully and you can't do that with people around you because that would be a great distraction um and a good time to not pay attention to those painful parts of you that need growth and that uh, those kind of fizzles that need to be taken out and weeds that need to be weeded in order for flowers to bloom yeah
3: yeah um Father Matthew the Poor also says there's no place at all in this vast universe where we can meet God except within ourselves. Um wow. and so that ties in perfectly Maria with what you're saying like maybe this this is the time to meet God within ourselves because he is within us. And and so we just we need to not in a in a like oh I'm great like whatever look into myself and just self-focus but but no, like when turning inwardly and and searching out your heart and searching out your intentions and your um, motivations and everything, you will end up stumbling
2: upon God who is within you. It's true. It is fair to say though that it's extremely difficult to do that, um, like facing potential going in potentially facing very difficult things that you never wanted to acknowledge that you kind of shove under the rug and you Mm -hmm. don't want to face is extremely hard. And to be that honest with yourself to see, okay, no, I'm not all that great. I'm not as I appear to be to others. And I really should address this and bring it to God openly and make his light kind of expose that dark area in the corner Mm -hmm. in my heart. And that's not easy at all. Um, And maybe that's why a lot of people fear loneliness and don't want to be in solitude and that quiet time is so difficult to do. And it could be because of that. And it's all the more reason, like you were saying that that's like kind of an alarm system to, Hey, like come back to God.
0: I also think we've been like really accustomed to making sure we're never alone. Um, Like I was listening to the sermon that was basically saying, um, the minute we there like there's a awkward silence we're on our phone because we mm-hmm. want anything to fill that void like the minute that there were like a couple weekends when i was away for school where there were a lot of church conferences that i went to um and then i had like one weekend that i'd be like thank god for this one weekend where there's nothing planned i'm exhausted but then that weekend would come around and i'd be like i'm so bored mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like just anything that kind of distracts us right we have social media which is the prime example that we love to use and abuse but like it, it's so much it's literally like the, we're at home i i personally cannot eat without choosing a show to watch
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. like what's wrong with same, me? Same. Yeah. no genuinely <laughs> what's wrong with me? like i will refuse to start eating yeah you know what i mean like anything to just fill the silence and i feel like if you're feeling lonely this is actually this might be a good thing because it's you acknowledging that there is silence which is somewhere where i'm not i'm not there yet um and and realizing that like it's unfilled so you got to fill it and nothing is going to um one of my favorite one of my favorite people ever um was saying um you can't Depend on people and i think that's ultimately what it is and and basically the beyond and all of what we're trying to get to here is you can't fill a jesus-sized hole with anything but him it's like trying to fit a square peg into a circle it won't be satisfying it won't fulfill and it won't make sense it won't work at the end of the day um and so he the the that that person was saying like even family your parents you know sometimes when you really need them, they can't be there. They might be sick. They might be tired. They might be at work. Like it's not, maybe they want to be there. I'm sure they want to be there, but they just can't be. And so in moments like that is when you realize that you really can't just depend on people solely. There has to be some, someone greater, some can someone can more consistent than even your parents um, that you have to learn to be dependent on. And what better time to learn it Um, when you feel like you need someone to lean on and so like I think really lean into Christ in those moments
1: I love that Natalie that reminds me of the Psalm 27 I'm just trying to find the verse here but it's saying uh, Psalm 27 verse 10 when my father and my mother forsake me then the Lord will take care of me. It's like when everyone in the world forsakes you and you feel forsaken, maybe they haven't forsaken you, but you feel forsaken or you just don't feel people are there for you. Um, God will never disappoint. And uh, another beautiful uh, quote that I found is that there's, by St. John Chrysostom, sorry, is that nothing can prevent your reconciliation with God. Don't despair into feeling that you cannot be reconciled to him because nothing can prevent it. So it's just... Yeah. Like it's so, um, it's so beautiful and reassuring to know that God is always there anywhere, any place. Um, and, and we just need to depend on him alone, no matter
4: where we are. I was going to say that, like I turn to God as a last resort when I like I'm in the car. I So not your, your like show thing while eating for me, it's in the car. Like the moment I'm in the car and it's silent, I have to call somebody. And so sometimes I'll go through like so many people and nobody's answering. And then I'll be like, oh man, okay, maybe I should pray because there's nothing else to do. (laughs) Um, But I, I think like it's, it's ironic because when you, when you call people and you're already really down or lonely, sometimes it, Sometimes it's actually hard because, you know, the whole yoke thing where Maria, like you, you made me think of the, your yoke is sweet and your burden is light. Like sometimes you are ranting and you need help and you need support, but you also have to like carry other people's burdens when you call them. But with Christ, who should be my first to go to his yoke is sweet and his burden is light. Like, and even in in Isaiah nine, when we say, um, you have broken the yoke of his burden, like Christ is the first person to lighten that load rather than, I don't know, like rather than just reaching out to people who, might like exacerbate that load
0: and verse six like really tells you all of the ways and forms that god can take in your life Mm -hmm. it's really like whatever it is that you're lacking or missing he is the ultimate person to fulfill that um to fulfill that need or that presence um he is all in all so um it says for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and that's really like stark Um, because Samuel was lent to God, right? Like Hannah lent him to the temple. So it's kind of like on loan (laughs) versus God who gave his son. Um, So he's all yours is basically the gist of that. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called. So wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And so there's something comforting in all of those names that I think someone can find. Um, if you're lacking like a parental figure, he's an everlasting father, right? If you're lacking a feeling of calmness, he's Prince of Peace. He's wonderful. I don't know how many people you would meet that you'd say they're wonderful. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's just not a word Hopefully we have everybody. Maybe it's just not a word that we use that often,
4: but I feel like it's a big one. I feel like it's a big one. If you're tired of leading and making all the decisions, like the government will be upon his shoulder.
1: Mm -hmm. And mighty God is beautiful. Like anything you're going through, he is stronger than it. Uh, And counselor as well. Like he's there to listen and counsel you on everything that you bring to him.
0: I think I heard this in a Bible study once, but they basically summed up verse six by saying amongst us, like us, yet above and mighty.
3: So this makes me think of how he is, he is someone like we can follow his example. And there is always an example of of him going through something that we are going through. Um, And this reminds me of uh, something St. John Chrysostom says, he says, Christ conquered the devil with the same weapons the devil used against us, a virgin, a tree and death. These tokens of our demise have now become the tokens of our victory. Instead of Eve, there is Mary. Instead of the tree of knowledge, there is the wood of the cross. And instead of Adam's death, there is the death of Christ. And Christ literally it shows us how we can we can turn all of these things and, and look them upside down, like we're doing in this episode. And we can we can really turn, like let's say, um, like where we're struggling with loneliness, um, we can give it another meaning. We can consecrate it and make it our honeymoon with him. We can make it our time to, um, to search inwardly um, with the help of a spiritual father, of course, because as Maria mentioned, it is difficult. But we can use this time to almost like trick the devil and take him by surprise and be like, you know what, the same like weapon that you tried to use against me, I'm going to by god's grace conquer you with it just like christ literally surprised the devil like he was like wait this is god god like (laughs) hold on (laughs) this virgin like turned out to be the mother of god (laughs) so um and and i think that if we look at for example in tasbihah and just like saint Athanasius says he took what is ours and gave us what is his we praise and glorify him um Maybe one way to start doing that is by praising and glorifying him. And it is hard to do that when we're lonely and it takes different forms. For example, if we look at plants and animals and and nature in the winter, it does not look like they're glorifying God. It looks like they're completely like non-existent. Like they're just, they are not glorifying God. But in reality, if we think about it, they actually are continuing to praise him just more privately because they are actually the plants and the animals and everything they're preparing for the spring. And, and they're preparing for like this, the showtime where it's time to show God's work in them outwardly to the rest of the world. But they're just taking this time of solitude to maybe like prepare their little buds and, and grow them and like save their nutrients and whatever they're doing so that in the spring they can do that. And and i think that god left these little patterns hidden in nature for us to to look at and follow that example so we can be like the plants we can i don't know like maybe we're not receiving sunlight but we can continue to to save the nutrients that we have so that when it's time for the spring um we can we can turn outwardly and um after our honeymoon we can we can share what we've what we've grown through with with our bridegroom and and share it with the rest of the world
0: yeah like with him always with him and that's what emmanuel means um god with us and that's kind of like the definition of emmanuel is verse six emmanuel means god with us god with us is the whole will of god is to just abide in him and him and i and that is liturgy that's just living liturgy every day like what we've talked about before every day in the presence of god
2: you guys were talking about reconciliation earlier and, and also suffering. And those two things kind of have to go hand in hand. Like when Christ went through the cross, through the suffering, through the deepest valley and, and died, that caused reconciliation that helped with our reconciliation, heaven to earth. And that whole symbolism with, you know, we're reconciled to each other horizontally on the cross and also mm-hmm. vertically earth to heaven and heaven to earth. And it it's really cool to, remember that or maybe realize that if you're going through a time of suffering or loneliness through a, a time of suffering you can out of that out of your learnings and out of on the other side you can use that to also help others and to then help heal the loneliness of others because you went through an experience that taught you something and you brought that to bring hope to others around you and that strengthens your community and strengthens the one body um um, I really love this verse from Hebrews. It's um, verse um, two in chapter chapter 12. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I, I love this verse because it's always a reminder to he was the author and finisher of our faith. And because of that joy that was set before him, his eyes were set on Reaching the cross. He was not going to go any other way. He came down to earth through his life, enduring everything that he's seen on earth, the all holy, um, being mocked through all of that, um, despising the shame in order to Um, reconcile us in order to save us and then sit at the right hand of the throne of God and so it's always such a a big hope for us to see the cross and see that suffering or that loneliness or whatever it is that we're going through and then know that that's in order to help others and to also be transformed ourselves
0: the cross that he carried on his shoulder
1: the government that will be on his shoulder Mm -hmm. yes it's so beautiful to just reflect on the nativity and the fact that he came and was so determined, like you said, Maria, uh, to come and give us life, to be reconciled with us. He's the one who like gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have to like emulate that and go and, and reconcile with anyone that, you know, maybe, um, you know, we might be estranged from, or there might be any, um, problems with it's important to, you know, be one with our body of Christ, be one with everyone as, as Christ wants for us to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Something I noticed in myself is, um, so I used to, like I was always very um, conscious uh, during the reconciliation and liturgy. When we say greet one another with a holy kiss, I would turn around to my mom and sister and make sure that I get their like forgiveness on the spot <laughs> because then I, I really felt like I cannot take communion and, um, mm-hmm. And, and so we'd, we'd, you know, just quickly forgive each other for whatever it was. And it was usually an argument that happened in the car because of me. (laughs) So, um, and then there was a period of time where I was really, I was going through something difficult and it affected my relationship with someone else. Um, And I was going through a tough time with this person and I was really not at peace with them. And this ended up affecting my relationship with, my mother and sister and it I slowly now thinking of it like looking back I realized like I actually stopped doing that in liturgy um even though my mom and sister have nothing to do with this other person and if anything they are helping me through this this struggle but it really shows how united we are and how we're literally part of the same body um and if one thing affects you and another member of the body, it will naturally affect your other relationships. Um, and so that's very important. It could also be another like we were talking about signs and and maybe a, a red signal. Um maybe this is a signal. If you're noticing other relationships um, like maybe uh, being affected, then then maybe that could turn you and bring your attention to another issue.
0: I think we're veering into personal tips territory. So let's get into, sorry, practical tips territory. So let's get into some practical tips.
2: I think for starters, if you're feeling lonely, it sounds, I don't want to diminish the feeling or make it seem like it's not mm. a big deal because loneliness is very heavy and difficult. Mm. But a huge thing that can help is getting out and, and finding community. Try and get out and and see others and connect with them. Uh, bring something to the table Um maybe even just be in the presence of others around you, even if you're not necessarily feeling close to anybody, um, being surrounded by people is a good reminder to get out of your own thoughts and be um and, and pay attention to others around you and not look at your heaviness, but maybe even forget about it for a bit by being surrounded by others.
0: And I even think like doing things that are others other focused. So like um service there's so much yeah so much going on this season there's probably a whole bunch of opportunities for homeless outreach go do that Mm -hmm. you'll probably meet someone or strike a chord with one or two people um you know there's there's various services going on soup kitchens like whatever it is um that will divert your focus off of yourself and onto christ uh do that i think Mm
3: -hmm. and i think with those kinds of services there's less pressure to um, like there's the focus on socialization is not so big um, and with Mar- what Maria was mentioning is it, it is very important I agree and I think that one way that makes it easier for me um, let's say there's a gathering or an outing like after Tezbeha for example um, and and I feel like I, I want to put myself out there and push myself to go I like to always make sure that I have one, at least one friend with me who is aware of, um, of what I'm feeling and like that I am feeling particularly lonely and that this is difficult for me to be going out in a group and who can sort of be like, like, a, like a safety, uh, a net or something where i can just give them a signal and be like okay like i'm feeling like i'm overwhelmed whatever they can maybe take me with them in the conversation they're in and and help me integrate myself into there um and that makes it less scary um but it has to be a friend that you know you can trust uh who also maybe has a strong like spiritual support system um yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier, I think.
4: Um, my tip would be related to what you just said, Karen, the, the sharing aspect, because Marina, you mentioned it at the beginning. We all think that we are experiencing this alone and that we're the only people experiencing this and it's a vicious cycle. Um, so sharing the fact that you are feeling lonely and sharing the thing that you're struggling with that is making you lonely. I think it goes a long way because I'm always surprised at how common my experiences are right like everyone is going through very similar things especially like youth or or, you know people in the church or girls or anything like that you'll find you'll find commonalities with people I think it just takes me a lot of it takes a lot of guts and humility for me to admit that I am lonely and that I am struggling with it especially because when you're a servant or you are you know like you have this image uh, in church you're you're seen as the person who's always helping but it takes courage for me to admit that I need help
2: It actually makes you more human, makes you more relatable um, that you're not this, you know, super person who's not, you know, who never struggles and never feels sad and never feels alone. Yeah. And
1: when you're when you choose to confine in someone that you trust, um, you're able to pray for each other and keep each other like, uh, checking up on each other, keep each other accountable. And even praying, like seeing like, have you, have you sat down with God today and talked about this? Like, you know, sometimes I need reminders and I love actually getting it from my friends, um, about like, Hey, did you read your Bible? Did you do this? Did you do that? And like, it, it actually like helps me like, remember, Hey, we're not alone. Like everyone else is struggling Um, in their spiritual life and, and feeling that God is there. God is, God is not far from us. This is like, I don't know. I feel like the devil's trying to make us all feel that God is far. God doesn't care. God is, does not listening to you, but you know, hearing like doing it together, trying to pursue, um, you know, a deeper relationship with him really helps when you have like a trusted friend by your side.
2: On the flip side, I think also be that trusted friend. Um, you might not necessarily be acquainted with that feeling of loneliness, or, or you're not necessarily going through that yourself. But as Natalie, you were talking about how God sometimes nudges you to ask about somebody and um, and you know check in on them. Um, and unity is so sweet to God; like He wants us as a one body, He wants us to be united. He's given us every tool to be, um, and so that nudge and to take it like. Ask about someone who you haven't talked to in a while or uh, reached out to. and don't
4: um don't follow the the deceiving appearances of like, I've seen this person in like five posts just today. They must be ok. They must be surrounded. Like people can be lonely, yeah, and
1: don't fall into despair. God is there. God yes. like he he will take care of you. And there are so many people out there that care for you. and 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 in the church, that's where we get to, you know unite and with our brothers and sisters that's where we get to like talk with like-minded people that have the same goal like we're all we're all trying to you know just be in union with god that's that's everyone's goal here and so you know trying to just connect with people like-minded people um about that goal through service is I think the best way. And if you're if you're having trouble trying to find services, talk to your father of confession. Talk to any priest. I'm sure they'll you know direct you to many services going on. I'm sh- like I'm always being told about new services, and I um, th- that's also a very encouraging thing to you know. Marina just-
4: has a repertoire of services, so if anyone no. needs,
1: no, a- <laughs> <laughs> you all, yeah, everyone does. this all here, um, but yeah, like I'm sure priests or any servants um, will direct you to to services that need help and, and need you uh, to, yeah. to contribute to.
4: And service creates community. You may start from scratch, but you actually find people who are like on the same page and you have a purpose and you have a weekly check-in. Like service is such a strong community in and of itself and it brings people who were never talking to become friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made so many friends through service, actually. Like yeah. so many people. Um, I also think... Something that I should probably do more
0: often uh, that I like to remind myself every once in a while to do is um, whenever I feel a feeling, try to look for when Christ felt that feeling Mm. Um, and see kind of how he dealt with it or what happened. So that would be one thing. Another thing is really bask in this honeymoon era. I think (laughs) a lot of couples like yearn to live in the honeymoon phase forever Um, And it's usually extremely short lived. So I think if you've got it with God right now, dwell in it and love it and and bask in it. Um, And I think I was just telling everyone here before we recorded, it's really special to have that thing with God that you don't have with everyone else. And I think this could be like a really prime opportunity to to create that thing. So like, um, you know, when you're out and about with your friends and God is in your midst, you might do something with God or you might refer to him as something. um, And it might be a way that you guys converse about God or it could be Tazbah or it could be whatever. But then there's something special that you do when you're alone with him. It's kind of like your friends, like you could be one way with your friends when you're around a lot of other people. But there's like something special you guys have between each other when you're alone. Um, Mm -hmm. So try to find that thing. Try to find what that is with God, um, even if it's like a nickname. And I know I've said this before, but like there was a a priest that once asked, like, do you have a nickname for God? Like a cute one that you call him um, when you're alone with him um and so like really really live in this era of honeymooning with God and I think you will find beauty in solitude not in loneliness because no Christian is lonely but
1: in <laughs> solitude because in solitude you are with him Emmanuel yeah and also try to find someone to talk to about this I know we said trusted friends but father of confession or servants in the church that you know you feel comfortable around. Just, you know, ask for a coffee date or something um, and and talk with them about this. I'm sure um, someone is out there and, and willing to help and, and wants to help um, you feel more connected and to maybe also enjoy the solitude with God. Because, you know, I've learned so much from just hearing about other people's experiences with Christ that has encouraged me so much in my own personal uh, spiritual journey. Also,
0: last minute thought, but if you're picturing the nativity scene... God wasn't surrounded by his like nearest and dearest friends. He was surrounded by a bunch of random people that he <laughs> didn't necessarily know, but they were there. So um, like, my point here is God could have been extremely alone um, even during his birth. Mary and Joseph could have felt extremely alone during the birth, but there was a bunch of people that like united together. And so that could be the premise of like, service that could be how you meet people kind of just like christ in the manger is is the middle is the midpoint
2: one one thought is it's important to know why you're feeling lonely um uh, what is making you feel that way what's pushing you through um to that space um sometimes it could be that you have maybe it's not because of any fault of your own but maybe there is something that is causing that loneliness. Maybe you are isolating yourself through your own actions, or through, um, you know, keeping records of wrong for somebody else. Um, so you're you're pushing them away, or you're, you know, avoiding them, and then that pushes you into loneliness or isolation or feeling like you're not part of a community anymore. Maybe you're comparing yourself to others, and that comparison is really pushing you to be in this bubble of I'm not as good as this other person, and so you you avoid them. And that puts you in a place of loneliness um it could be many other things like a a feeling of envy or judgment or um and maybe there there's bad company around you and it's good to be alone then um maybe it's not good to associate with them and a place of being in solitude or aloneness is is a good place to be um so figuring out the why behind your loneliness and trying to really get to the root of the problem and addressing it by talking to somebody else or writing your thoughts down or in prayer um, and exposing that reason so that you can find a solution for it or with the support of others around you. Yes,
1: and I'll actually add, like I found that realizing the relationships that are good in your life is so important as well, like being grateful for them and, and trying to deepen them. So for example, like, relationships with your family members if that's like available to you if you could uh try to see how could you make this relationship closer and deeper than it was before that could work wonders um and then also like with friends like you might have one or two friends that you haven't um you know seen in a while or you haven't checked up in a while try to deepen the relationships that you do have that you know are good for you and that are conducive to your um you're like they are Christ centered and conducive to your growth, um, to your happiness. Like this, this is, um, you know, just leveraging what you already have and recognizing that it's not all doom and gloom. You're, you're like, even though we can feel that sometimes, you know, like when you are getting thoughts of loneliness and I have definitely experienced it myself, like you, you just feel like that's it. There's no one there. And you can, you can really just revel in those thoughts all day or, uh, we can try to get out of it and and ask God to to show us, okay, what are the blessings you have given me? What can I you what can I do with what you've given me? And how can I grow outwards with you into the community?
2: And that thought Marina, like it's so important to be proactive. Um you, you we we shouldn't ask Christians sit there and react to everything. We were given so much power and from God and so much grace from him to change our situation through him and change our environment if it's if if there's a bad habit we are given the power to overcome it through him and Mm -hmm. so you know staying in in a place where you're feeling despair or loneliness or powerless or or any of these ugly feelings it it, there is no need to be there and there's nothing that says you can't change it we're given that and we, we can't forget about that power it's it's so huge um be and being proactive is a is a great first step be proactive with myself to see what is causing a problem for me where did I fall where uh, am I having a problem with somebody um in all of these things all in all of these ways you can be proactive even even literally changing your physical environment if you're if you're in an environment that's Cluttered or full of chaos all the time—that could isolate you from others, and that could make you feel frazzled all the time and not able to be on time for others, or you know, meet them or create healthy relationships. All of these things, like being proactive with myself to see where I can grow, and going to God for that power, and then going outwardly and and growing towards others. I just have a question um, that I had asked before recording
3: and so we mentioned um like uh, maybe sending a message or reaching out to people that we think about or that come to our mind um and sometimes I feel inclined to do that with people that I'm um maybe upset with or who secretly I'm like there's there's some kind of um a struggle with that person how do I know I'm not being pretentious when I reach out to them and they come into my mind and I decide to send a nice message or something? Um, yeah, like, how do I know that I'm not just,
2: that
1: I'm doing the right thing?
2: Ask your father's compassion. <laughs> We're not liable here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and maybe just like go and pray about it and go in words and see what are your intentions really? Like you're asking, how do you know if it's pretentious or not? Like, I think deep down, we we know like if if the if what we're doing is really truly like um out of our love for the person or out of us trying to show that we're the better person um mm-hmm. I think we know deep down if and it, and if we just take that time to reflect it will uh, in prayer of course it will be revealed to
4: us yeah like as I shared personally personally I I think that when I'm very inclined the message somebody who I'm upset with, it's usually out of um, a hidden motive or like, a you know, like a double agenda. So mm-hmm. sometimes I ask myself, am I willing to pray for this person as much as I'm willing to text them right now? And that kind of helps me be like, like, do can I, can I, am I willing to pray for them in secret that they will never know? um but Just purely out of love, purely because I want them to be okay, uh, versus do I want my action to be apparent to them? And sometimes that helps, or sometimes I, you know, like God forces me to pray for them first and actually want their best intention at heart first, and then message or not. Obviously, not to say like don't message people, but just like do, like I, I do reflect on why I really want to message this person right now. Is it so I can look better or I can look like I'm the one keeping the connection and you're the one who's masalan, like not? Um, keeping up this friendship
3: mm, wow. yeah that makes sense
2: <laughs> definitely rings a bell shall we pray? Maria do you want to pray for us? That's Maria Sammy right? No Amen <laughs> okay. the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit on God Amen thank you dear Lord Jesus for guiding us together here as this day is in you thank you dear Lord Jesus for granting us your body and blood to give us the power and the grace and the resurrection daily in our actions and in our lives dear lord fill us with thanksgiving for your holy name allow us to have a hopeful waiting for you lord in this advent season as we await your nativity lord in our heart to change us and to to bring us out of our loneliness to make, unite us as one body in you. my dear lord i thank you for each and every one of us and to everybody who would listen to this or have thoughts of loneliness or have thoughts to connect with others they haven't connected with in a long time my dear lord Grant us that love in our hearts for each other, for our communities, for our wider society. My dear Lord, I ask you to bless us. I ask you to grant us your love for everyone, your love that is pure, your love that is unconditional, and your love that is not limited by anything. My dear Lord, reconcile us to each other. Grant us to be a strengthened body that is bringing glory and praise to your holy name the intercessions of St. Mary, St. Athanasius, and all your saints.
0: Whether you'd like more information on resources used in this episode, want to suggest a topic, or leave your feedback,
4: please visit our website aimisher.com. And even if you just want to talk, feel free to reach out to one of your AIM sisters. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us
2: on our Instagram and Facebook pages.